Welcome all, good morning, afternoon, evening, depending on which part of the world you are coming in from. I welcome you to today's webinar, which is being hosted by Metaverse Fashion Council and onlywebinars.com. Uh, we have a very interesting topic that we are going to be discussing today, and that is, is the metaverse the future of fashion and luxury retail? I, for one, would like to believe that, and I have good reasons uh, for saying yes to that. First point is, fashion is a $2.5 trillion industry. It's huge, a lot of zeros in a trillion. Also, in case you didn't know, we consume 100 billion items of clothing every year. That's a lot. And you know, you must have read already, you know, on the internet, most of the large brands, fashion brands, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Burberry, Dolce, Cabana, Dior, Tommy Hilfiger have already made inroads into the metaverse through NFTs, et cetera. And so it is up to the brands now to decide whether they want to be a leader or a follower. And I think it's a Hobson's choice, right? The early movers will have the advantages of getting a market share, starting on return on engagement, while others are still figuring out their next steps. So this is an important topic that I'll be discussing with our panelists today. Let's do the introductions and I'll go first. My name is Sharad Agarwal. I wear two hats. I'm the CEO of a metaverse agency called CyberGear. We've been 26 years in the digital space. And last year we decided to completely pivot to the metaverse NFT and Web3 space. And clearly this is where the technology is taking all of us. The second hat that I wear is as the founder of onlywebinars.com, a platform we started two years back when COVID happened to have engaging conversations such as these. Now I think uh, I would like uh, you to meet our panelists who are an amazing constellation of stars. And I'm going to go around the room starting with Lauren. Lauren, please introduce yourself to our audience. Hello, hi, nice to have be here and be speaking alongside such a great leaders in the space. Um, I'm Lauren, I also go by Kahlo, is my uh, metaverse alter ego. Um, I am a designer and I'm based in Paris. I've been working in the industry um, here in luxury for about five years. Um, my main objective as a designer is to figure out how to make the industry more sustainable, um, as well as break down the barriers to entry, um, especially in these, these uh, with a luxury um, focus. So um, like many of us entered Web3, started to do a lot of investigation, um, understanding what the future is, is uh, going to hold for us. So that led me to found Alterage, which is an emerging DAO-led fashion label. And uh, we create collections in digital metaverse, um, in augmented reality, like these earrings that Tracy is also wearing, um, as well as physical. But um, how do we really optimize our products to be um, in the most sustainable and intended format? So that's kind of one side. And then the second side is we are moving to become a DAO. So how do we work together in a decentralized um, and an equal way? So um, that's my main focus. And I also work as a designer and consultant um, to help uh, Web2 and Web3 brands um, connect them to, to products. Thank you, Lauren. Let's go to Tracy. 
Hello, everybody. My name is Tracy Green. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm the founder of Aurelian Icarus. We are a hip hop inspired, genderless, digital fine jewelry brand and accessories brand based here in New York. I started in the fashion industry in 1999, sorry, 1991 as a shoe designer. And I knew that design was going to be my route because I found out when I was first starting out that um, my shoes that I was creating were became so popular, um, people were stealing them out of the shop windows. So I thought, okay, I'm onto something here. This is the direction I want to go into. And since then, I branched out into apparel, um, homeware, and accessories. Um, I think my biggest win um, in apparel was I was able to sell my um, eponymous brand across eight countries. And this is before e-commerce, um, armed only with a fax machine and a phone number. Um, uh, I'm pretty proud of Aurelian Icarus. We've had some good wins. Um, this year, we've been the uh, winner of the Ones to Watch brand contest. And of such, we've, uh, we're, we've been given a place at New York Fashion Week um, this September. And we also won again for Paris Fashion Week. So we're, we're participating um, in October, October 1st in Paris. Um, I'm also advisory board member of the Metaverse Fashion Council. And I'm also a member of the Future Connoisseurs, which is a membership-based alliance of innovators and members uh, with the um, goal to advance the future of luxury. Um, I'm also a fashion industry advisor at Meta Taylor. Uh, Meta Taylor is a digital platform to buy, sell, and trade fully interoperable 3D wearables for gaming. Wow, Tracy, I think you wear a lot of hats. Uh, <laughs> Sunil, let's go to you, Sunil. Hi, uh, my name is Sunil Arora. I'm co-founder Trace Network Labs. Uh, a DAO basically working on the metaverse options for the lifestyle industry, fashion and lifestyle industry. I was a professor for almost four decades and been working with the FIT New York, London Paris Schools of Fashion and NIFT in India. And uh, uh, in Trace Network Labs, we are solving and giving solutions related to experiential commerce, experiential collaboration and experiential explorations to fashion and non-fashion, retail and manufacturing organizations. And we have come out with some of the very uh, innovative products for, for them. And uh, several brands are already in the process of uh, utilizing and utilize, uh, using it in a big way. And we look forward to discussing about that in our discussion today. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Thanks, Sunil. We'll head over to Claire. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. It's great to be here amongst friends, colleagues. Um, it's wonderful to see you all again. Um, I'm Claire Tattersall. I'm the founder of Digital Fashion Week New York, where we bring together the most exciting digital designers and also tech innovators to create immersive experiences, new ways to touch and experience fashion. Um, we have also launched the Brip Boutique, which is an NFT haute couture fashion boutique where we're really looking at the functionality of fashion, how we can wear it in the metaverse and beyond. So thank you so much for having me. I look forward to the conversation. Thank you, Claire. Let's go to Nova. Hi, everyone. And it's great to see familiar faces. And hello, everyone in the audience. I'm Nova Lorraine. I am the founder of Rain Magazine and also Raindrops NFT Art House, where we create story-driven NFT projects. I am also the 
founder of House of Nova, which is a couture digital and data-driven print house and atelier. Um, an exciting development is that I am newly appointed CEO of a luxury fashion retail world that will be coming soon. We're in stealth mode, so stay tuned. And really looking forward to continuing the initiative of creating safe, interoperable, in other words, connected and community first spaces um, for everyone. And so super excited to be here with you. And did I mention I'm a fashion designer too? Like some of these ladies here on the panel. Great. Uh, thank you, Nova. So we are done with our introductions and I'd like to start today's discussion. Uh, actually, I'll go to you, Sunil, first, because I know you are very good at creating uh, real-life-looking uh, avatars, and I think avatars are an integral part of the metaverse. So can you explain to us what is the technology that you deploy, and how can fashion brands uh, you know, use avatars in uh, you know, creating virtual stores, and et cetera, et cetera. So Sunil, uh, please educate us on that front. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, generally speaking, we started on the Web3 space, blockchain and NFT space almost like three years back. And uh, uh, we were working on the building blocks of it. Uh, the first building block was uh, the avatar being from the fashion trade. Uh, we were not uh, too inclined towards uh, uh, cartoonish or gamish kind of avatar. We were looking for real looking. We were wanting to create real looking avatars which can then, the second block was creating real looking digital clothes. So we were tying, tying up with multiple brands to, to uh, have their collections in the 3D to make uh, th those 3D garments as uh, a wearable kind of aspect rather than only a collectible or an investable kind of thing, which was the case earlier. I mean, when uh, the whole metaverse game started uh, almost like two years ago, uh, a little earlier than that. Uh, the whole thing was was up till now also is totally inclined towards uh, NFTs, their investability and the collectability aspect of things. So we were wanting to create uh, a genuine usability and wearability of the garments. So we created real looking avatars. There are, there can be multiple platforms which can be utilized for, for real looking avatars. And I, uh, people can can uh, genuinely connect with me to understand that aspect of it, whether it is Unity or 3JL or Unreal Engine. So there, there can be various uh, uh, platforms on which uh, these real-looking avatars and uh, genuine experiential stores can be built. Uh, we were making, initially to start with, we made the, the, the building blocks in terms of uh, those uh, avatars. Then we made the building blocks in terms of utilizing actual digital clothes and putting them onto those, those avatars and creating some kind of a movement in them, creating some kind of stances in them. And then we changed on to how to sell all those with as NFTs and create an NFT marketplaces on that. So combining all these building blocks, we are now in a position to give a B2C environment, which is creating experiential commerce for brands, multiple brands, whether it is fashion or non-fashion brands of the world, then we are creating, in extension to that, we are creating collaboration platforms, which are experiential collaboration for manufacturers and, and uh, uh, the buyers of the world 
uh, and they can genuinely create and have those merchandising sessions on those collaborative atmosphere. The third kind of an atmosphere that we are building now or, and is getting very, very, uh, uh, very, very fancy and very, very accepted also with the manufacturers of the world are uh, the experiential explorations where we are giving a genuine virtual tour either of your factory environment in for, for the buyers to have a look at it and have a virtual tours with them with or without VR glasses, or you can have uh, a trade environment, you can have a, a, a concert or a conference or a, or a trade show kind of an environment, or these kind of environments which, which can be built into a real estate kind of a thing. So that's another aspect of things which is not related to fashion directly, but it is definitely related to fashion retail in a big way. So these are the areas on which we develop and we are in a position to do uh, a lot of things by now and uh, multiple brands are in a position to utilize them. And we are very happy to, to talk about it in, in this discussion today. All right, thank you Sunil for that overview. Claire, if I may come to you, what are, what are you hearing from brands that you are interacting with in terms of their journey you know, into the metaverse, so to say, are they getting any ROI? or is it still early days? Well, I think it's still early days and everybody's really in a very exploratory phase at the moment. So I interact with um, both established brands and with independent designers. My feeling is um, the independent designers are at a bit of an advantage at the moment, I don't know how everybody else feels about this, but they're not limited by levels of approval. They're more agile, they're more nimble, and therefore more able to adopt new technologies, take on new strategies. Um, and things are moving so fast at the moment that we need to be nimble and agile. The more established brands, of course, they have a lot more levels of approval for anything that they do, and that just slows down the process. So I think there are designers and design brands that are dipping into this pool. Um, there's a lot of design, independent design talent. A lot of the designers that I work with are starting to work either on a permanent or contract basis with more established brands and also established brands in the retail industry as well. Um, an ROI, I think, honestly, that's going to take a lot longer. We're really in the infancy at the moment. I think there some people are going to have a return on their investment, but I don't think any, I don't think everybody is at all. It, it's a journey. We're, we're infants, we've got to become toddlers before we can become teenagers, before we can come, become adults. Absolutely, I totally agree with you. I mean, when you look back, you know, the internet is what, 26 years old, right? And we've come from the dial-up modems time to watching Netflix on internet. It's taken 26 long years. We need to give the metaverse at least two and a half years, right, to blossom. So right. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, and and there's a lot of 
challenges as well with you know the the weight of materials like like fashion it's it's very heavy in terms of polygons as well when you move it into the metaverse so how we can efficiently and effectively roll out environments to the public as well but i i do think there are stepping stones that we don't have to go all the way immediately. And I, I'm a huge proponent for people taking small steps, looking at how relevant it is to your brand as well. There's things you can do about working just with avatars at the moment. Um, or yeah. just, it, it, there are so many different entry points. I think Tracy has something to add. Um, yes, I'm going to Tracy now. I'm Tracy? sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Claire. I Please continue. I don't mean to cut you off or anything. No, no. I I would love to hear your. I I think we we often have conversations on this topic. So I I would love your interjection. Right. So I I, I just wanted to, to touch on what Claire was saying. That as a traditional brand myself that had only gotten into this space this year. Thank you very much, Lauren Kasher of Alterage. Uh, I've got her to thank for that. Um, but it has been a wild ride. Um, it, I think brands right now, the, the way of the thought is, is it's like very experimental and it's trial and error. Um, we don't have time for a wait and see type of mentality. Like Clara said, the space is moving really fast. We need to just jump in and, and try to find that sweet spot, what works best for us. But we just have to try different areas uh, try different collaborations, meet new people, and, and just experiment and, and see what happens and try to be authentic and make sure that what we're doing um, reson resonates well to our customers because we have to educate our customers right now because my, my, most of my customers don't understand the benefits of NFTs or, or digital fashion. So that's why I have to sell my stuff, my, my digital wares on, um, on digital platforms because they already have they already have a, a established clientele. So it's going to have to be that way until things even out a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Tracy, 100% agree with you. We are still at the education stage. It's 1996 all over again. When the internet came, we were educating people. And so it is now. And that's why we do these webinars. That's what's one of the main reasons why we do these webinars. We want to educate our audience on the new technologies, right? And how they can benefit and leverage these to improve their business opportunities. Let's go to Lauren, she has her hand up. I'm coming to you, Nova, after this. Lauren? Yeah, just a quick note, because Claire, what I think you said about agility and um, like new emerging brands to be able to have that a bit maybe easier than established brands. And Trace, I'm always like very impressed to see how you take your current business model, but then adapt it to um, right, the metaverse, to using AR, to all these different things. And so like at Alterage, we have like the ability to like take time and really make our business model focused on the future of like, how do we have like Nova, you also said interoperable identity. How do we do that in Web3 between the physical and the augmented and then the metaverse, like our conversation today. So I think, right, we do have that ability and that can be more of a testing ground. Uh, we can take time to figure out what kind of structures do we want to test. And then by the end of that, right, we don't have a little bit less pressure of um, delivering consistent results based on previous history. And so, yeah, I have right that kind of as my testing ground um, and as we're growing. But then also those are definitely different needs. And when I work as a design consultant, for example, 
with like, yeah, traditional brands. Um, how can we kind of take that and adapt it to maybe smaller bites, um, smaller kind of starting points and strategies um, as we, we grow? Like we said, it's, it's still the start. Yes. Uh, Nova, your thoughts? Yeah, I love all the points that were made. I think that's one advantage that SMEs, you know, small to mid-sized brands have within this space. Um, we know that Web3 is all about partnership and collaboration. And so, you know, as a nimble, smaller brand, you can find other partners, maybe Fashion Weeks or companies like Lauren to connect with. And I, I did want to touch on the question that's in the chat regarding will this space, you know, continue to add more value and um, opportunities for those that want that luxury experience in real life. And because with the metaverse, and I have these conversations often with those that are outside the bubble, we're all in the bubble. And they're like, well, what's the value? Why should I care? Why should I be in the space? And we as creators and innovators here, we have to figure out those solutions to bridge that gap, to increase the understanding and awareness and lower the barrier of entry. You know? And so one of the things is offering experiences in a digital form that you can't get in real life, offering ownership in a digital form that you can't get in real life. So for those of, you know, those of our listeners that are craving that next Chanel bag <laughs> or Gucci watch or penthouse in the digital Manhattan, you know, these are things that can happen, you know, in the metaverse. I mean, we, you mentioned it, Sherrod, this is the next iteration of the internet. What's interesting though about this iteration, it's moving much faster than what we saw in the nineties. And so it is really important for those that are listening to find those trusted experts and advisors to help guide them so they can put their toe in the water and at their own pace move forward as opposed to playing catch up. So I think that's really interesting, but I think also what's going to expedite this growth and adoption is more initiatives around community first, more initiatives around that user experience. And so the easier we make that and the more accessible we make that as the more nimble innovators, as the advisors and strategists, when we're consulting with these various worlds and brands, the less intimidated the consumer is going to be or the adventurer, you know, or the explorer is going to be, you know, this platform was created initially by tech developers and gamers, and that's great. But if we're, again, that's a niche of a niche. So how do we interpret that to the ease of Web2, to just entering your email and password, right? Um, and so those are my thoughts so far. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, to put more context on this subject, I think uh, brands would be well advised to first create a metaverse strategy, right? That should be the starting point for all brands, which means you need to identify and reach out to the right people who can help you craft that strategy create a roadmap, a blueprint, and then have a timeline, right? Uh, define your objectives, create an immersive experience. Don't be in a rush to put out a press release saying we are in the metaverse. That's not going to buy breakfast. You need to plan it out well. You need to have your USPs in place. You need to have your audience's requirements in place. Right, so identify, I mean, it's 101 of marketing. You got to give your customers what they need. And now you can do that in an immersive way, in a 3D way. So that is uh, something that brands need to look at. Uh, so yeah, I, I think uh, everybody in the panel agrees with that. And I'm you know, talking to a lot of people through these webinars and even otherwise in my day job. And I ask CEOs this first question, what is your metaverse strategy? 
and they give me this real blank stare. Uh, so I, I guess all of us uh, need to help uh, brands figure that out. And I see so many hands raised. Uh, I think I'm going to go to Claire first on this one. Thank you. So I, I totally agree with you. What is your metaverse strategy? Um, something I, I like to ponder is what, what does the metaverse mean to you? Where do you want to be in it, which I, I guess is really your strategy. But a, a couple of facts. One, in America, currently, adults spend 40% of their waking time online. That's huge. We are gonna spend more and more of that time online in immersive situations. And we need to be dressed for that. Uh, the other thing is, Beyond sort of the social and the shopping experience, industry and education, the metaverse is huge for these areas. For training in the metaverse, there's going to be so many ways that we can train people around the world, build teams without having to have physical materials. And I think that's super exciting for a sustainable future. But again, if we're in industry, we still need to be dressed and we want to dress ourselves according to the way that we, our concept of how we position ourselves and dress ourselves in the real world. We want to be appropriate, but we can also be more creative. We can express ourselves in different ways. So in education, um, it has been shown that immersive experiences are 15% more, create 15% more retention. It's just so exciting for the future of the metaverse and, and how we're in there. So I really like to think about different ways that we're going to come in and we're just, we're going to need to be dressed in there. Absolutely. Uh, Nova, you, you raised your hand. Yes, thank you. I wanted to um, just address beyond the user and the experiences or the advantages of what the metaverse will offer from a luxury retail perspective. You know, for luxury retailers, as, um, as Clara had just mentioned regarding the immersiveness and the impact that it makes, you know, the impact is greater in 3D. That's just simply impact is greater in 3D. So when you think about conversion and you think about engagement, a 3D environment is a great additional channel to social media, to your newsletters, your emails that you're sending out, and it should be part of your strategy. So think of the omni-channel strategy that was introduced years ago. This is one of the spokes, wheels, spokes on the wheel. And so a metaverse or 3D environment and or augmented experience should be part of that spoke. And not only to increase engagement and awareness, but to tell your story in a more rich way. Maybe, you know, how, why did you start this brand? You know, what were the, the backgrounds of the founders and what are the materials that you're using? Are you moving into sustainability? Well, tell it a wonderful, you know, story around sustainability, you know, things that are, are true to your brand. So not just from an engagement and impact standpoint, but rich storytelling is another advantage for retailers to create a more loyal and returning fan base. So that's something not only for the consumers to get excited about, but for the retailers to start thinking about, okay, well, how can I add this channel? 
And it can be in a stepwise way. I mean, right now we're probably web 2.1, 2.2. So look for those guides, those advisors, as Sherrod was saying, that can help you get to web 2.5 because at the end of the day, consumers aren't, I should say, they're not at least uh, trained or knowledgeable about all of the wonderful ways we can use web three tools. So kind of walk them through it in this 2.1 to 2.5 journey until they're ready to get all the way to you know, web three. Perfect. Uh, Sunil, you have your hand up. Yeah, I was wanting to tell that uh, uh, generally uh, Metaverse is the concept uh, which uh, no other concept has been till now for fashion because it solves uh, several of their present problems related to sustainability, wastage, environmental pollution, heavy upfront investments, long cycles of manufacturing, etc., etc., and it also achieves a new avenue of growth and brand awareness for them. So generally, it creates a novel experiential way to sell and creates a new earning stream from the digital-only garments, which can then be connected to the e-commerce or the store inventories to give you genuine digital as aspects of the thing. So the other aspect is it gives a great and very good, easy experimentation of design, color, silhouettes, geographies, so on and so forth, uh, without the genuine costs and timelines of sampling and manufacturing. So short design to sale cycles from creation to consumer wardrobes in a few hours, not in a few months. So that's a, that's a novel thing. It's, a, it's almost like a magical scenario where acceptability of dig digital landscapes uh, by uh, Generation Z and Generation Alpha has totally changed the game because in this new environment, you have a very, very scalable scalability of the business without the genuine investments and efforts and hassles of manufacturing, a global outreach of the brand without any geographical boundaries and outreach to a totally new category of consumers. Leave aside engaging better with the older ones and giving them new ways to do things, sustainable collections in a big way, genuinely with no shipment or payment options. Then we have come out with a couple new areas. Uh, what There are two areas that we call, one area is called augmented forecasting, which is adding real-time data to the expensive trend analysis, forecasting and predictive analytics uh, which, which are presently running the physical side of the business. And genuinely, uh, you are in a position to start getting detailed statistics of new digital collections and their interactions in a very fast, real-time way. Not, not like forecasting and trend analysis, which is normally taking care of all the histories that are around uh, and the internet and various other kind of digital landscapes. So this is how you are in a position to tell the questions what to make, how much to make, where to make kind of questions, which are presently creating a lot of wastage, a lot of environmental issues, a lot of sustainability issues. Sure. Then, Thanks, Sunil. Sunil, I, I get what you're saying. I just want to summarize very quickly. What sure. you're telling the audience is that through digital interactions, it's possible to get valuable statistics, which will help brands, uh, you know, organize their manufacturing, etc. Point well taken. I want to go to the two designers in the room, Tracy and Lauren, and I want to hear from both of you, what are you hearing from brands while they are 
wanting to interact with, uh, let's say, digital fashion jewelry? How big is that marketplace? And what is the reception you are getting? Uh, anyway, uh, Tracy, you go first, for, followed by Lauren. Thank you, Sherrod. I just want to uh, touch base on your, on your metaverse strategy. And even before we even start that, let's just take a look at what's happening right now with, um, with the, the, the way the situation is right now with crypto and NFTs. So brands really need to start, they have to rethink their metaverse strategy because things are much different um, right now than how they were to last year Q3. We've got crypto up and down. I keep getting alerts on my phone. Ethereum's up 5% today, down 7% tomorrow, up, down, up, down. And there's a glut of NFTs on the market. So you have sellers, uh, you know, you have like five to one sellers to buyers. So I think brands really need to think about what are we going to do? Are we going to sell NFTs? How much? How many copies? Are they going to be just one-offs? Um, and then just try to re-strategize things because it's very different. And how are we going to see things in the future when there is talk of a reception, recession just around the corner? Yeah, point well taken. Um, let's go to uh, Lauren. Um, you want to add something to that? Yeah, so thinking about right, um, how like Web2 brands, traditional structures are kind of starting to incorporate digital. Um, I think like a good start is always like the digital twin um, because right, we already have a process like set in place. There's already a, a workflow um, production set. And so maybe an initial start, right, for a brand that's more accessible um, is to try a digital twin, um, experiment with different platforms, different metaverses. Um, that's often a service that I, I do as a consultant. Um, but yeah, I think that is probably an achievable first step. Um, and then develop the, the metaverse strategy alongside that, I, I would suggest. Uh, yeah, point well taken. I'm also uh, going to invite uh, somebody from the audience to join us because I'm switching gears uh, for a moment. And I want to talk about sustainability because that you know concerns all of us. And as far as fashion brands go, I think a digital first approach is the way to go in that we allow our clients to try out digital clothes. If they like them, they can buy and then brands can manufacture. That way there is zero wastage. And from whatever I've been reading, almost 50% of everything that is manufactured by fashion brands is unsold at the end of the season. 50% of that is liquidated or even worse, goes to landfills, right? That's a sustainability issue. And I've invited somebody from the audience I happened to meet last month. Her name is Maria. I can never pronounce her name right, but she's big on sustainability. And uh, she runs an organization uh, which is promoting sustainability in fashion. So I'd like to give her two, three minutes to introduce herself and talk to us about our initiatives. Over to you, Maria. Yeah, hi, Shiraz. Thank you so much for the opportunity to invite me. And hi, everyone from the panel. I see mostly familiar faces, um, but hi to some new faces. I hope we can connect offline as well. Um, it's Maria, but no one can pronounce it. So whatever you say, as long as it starts with an M, I'm fine with it. 
Um, yeah, so my name is Maria. I'm the founder of Positive Fibers, and we're on a mission to put the eco into e-commerce one positive product at a time. And what I mean by that is that, um, so actually all the, like circular fashion to me, that's, that's physical, but you can use technologies such as digital fashion, such as avatars, basically every, everything that the panelists have mentioned, uh, also digital fashion weeks, right? Um, it's, it's a beautiful way to eliminate unnecessary waste. It doesn't mean it's waste-free, but it's definitely the step, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the steps into the right direction. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've already been speaking for two minutes, but yeah, I, I don't know, like happy, like, I don't know if, if there's anything particular I can contribute here. If there's any questions, happy to take them. No, stay with us. Uh, we'll, we'll involve you in some Q&A, so don't go away just as yet. And again, I read somewhere that digital fashion has 97% less carbon footprint. Can uh, I so speak to that? Absolutely, go ahead. Okay, full disclosure, I'm a total nitpicker. So I don't mean to be very negative here, but I think when it comes to comparing data, we have to be very careful. I think the, the 97% is a reference to uh, the study that was done on a t-shirt, on a white cotton t-shirt and comparing that to a digital white cotton t-shirt. So what we see a lot in the field of, because as, as I said, full disclosure, I'm a nerd. So I'm very much involved with LCA, so life cycle uh, assessments. And this actually happens a lot. And it's, 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 yeah, the use of false data. And I'm sure Sunil can speak a lot about this as well, because we've spoken about this whole notion of garbage in is garbage out. Um, so we have to be very nuanced in this. It doesn't mean that digital fashion is, you know, is, is not as great as uh, cutting out that 97% that of, of waste from the physical world. It's just, it really depends on what is it that you're making? How are you making it? So I, I don't know, I'm always advocating for a bit more nuance in that. It doesn't mean it's bad, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just not that straightforward. Thank you for adding perspective. Nova, you want to add to that? Yeah, I do, and thank you, Mari J, <laughs> for, um, for your <laughs> information and insight. Um, I want to just add, we know digital fashion and concept can reduce the negative impact on the environment and waste. Um, where we are right now, it's not making a great impact, but it has to start somewhere. But one of the things I think that can make a difference if brands across the board, large and small, use these digital assets as a way to assess demand. So tying it back to waste. And if you are able to gauge what your customers want, and then going back to some, some I believe one of the questions was how can we use NFTs and DAOs and Web3 in this whole process. Well, use an NFT to sell the rights to own the digital fashion garment. And then the consumer can choose if they want to in fact make it into the physical goods. So if brands can incorporate this full circular model that includes digital fashion at the beginning and to assess demand trend forecast to reduce waste, we're gonna see the reduction of what it's doing on an environmental level. But then also it provides more utility for digital fashion, more than just wearing it on avatars, which is great, right? And then also you can use Web3 tools like AR and NFTs, digital art, to tell these stories that can help educate our consumer audience on the advantages of being more sustainable. 
you know, fast fashion has been around for a while now. And as an independent designer, pre-fast fashion, I really appreciate the quality of clothes that I grew up with as a kid, as my mom, who has outfits that she's been wearing for decades. I want to go back to those days where it's quality first. And so by educating the consumer and having them demand more, then the manufacturers are going to answer that demand. And so DAOs from a community standpoint can be this group of individuals, either on the corporate side or the community side, that can come together with one voice to make a change. And I know DAOs now, we know that these are the future of work, and we've seen them as ways to bring technology forward and worlds like Decentraland forward, but we can use them also as a means of bringing action and impact forward. So think of a community working where each person brings their own gift and talent to the table, and they're able to share their voice for the group to have a singular powerful voice for whatever mission that they have. So I just wanted to address that question, but then also to tie that back into the sustainability where even though digital fashion has, has the potential, we can do much more right now, knowing that 50% of consumers want to own a digital asset. And it's predicted that in the very near future, our digital wardrobe is going to be greater than our physical wardrobe. But how can we do something now are some of those points that I mentioned. Yes, uh, truly, I think screenware is the new streetwear. Uh, Sunil, you have your hand, hand up. Yeah, I was telling that uh, we have come up with the various other uh, response monitoring scenarios to come on to genuine on-demand production where uh, we can involve people, loyal consumers to evaluate digital collections and socially rate them before they can actually be produced for them or produced for somebody else. Genuinely, that kind of a thing has come up, uh, which, is, which is creating uh, the right kind of options in terms of on-demand production, in terms of uh, creating sustainability in the best possible ways. So Great. that's what I was wanting to talk about. Sure. Lauren, you have your hand up. Yeah, I'd say maybe kind of a summary, right, of strategies encompassing all these topics we've talked about. Um, I would probably recommend, right, starting digital first, um, trying that out before going physical, making decisions before making waste. Um, in design, this is, I think, essential that we start this way to avoid, um, right, all these, the statistics that you've been mentioning. Um, then the second off, Nova was just speaking about DAOs making also decisions um, by a community. So that's a big reversal of how systems currently work. Um, also a way to reduce waste and um, I mean, move into a Web3 ecosystem. And then I'm sorry, I'm also gonna butcher your name, but Marish, <laughs> what you said about circularity. Um, I'm also a big, I mean, proponent of this movement. Um, I recommend checking out the Ellen MacArthur Foundation because I've taken some courses through there about learning how do you create a product in a closed loop ecosystem, basically replicating nature. And that's how I believe we should create physical products. And only it's really the last step when it's really needed, made to order. Um, so I'd say that is kind of, uh, it could be a strategy, those three points. Yeah, cool. Uh, I want to address this uh, to our panelists. If you may please look at the Q&A tab, there are a few questions from our audience. Um, so Nova, can you at random pick up one of these questions and provide an answer, please? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's see. So there someone- Aditya, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead, ask, do 3D environments need to mimic in real life IRL experiences? And he shared an example of Walmart. 
I think that there we've seen both the fantasy side of things, we've seen the pixelated version, and now we're seeing the rise of hyper-realistic experiences as it relates to 3D environments. I believe that there's room for everything based on your goal and your focus. If you are a business, for example, and you want to have a business meeting, it may be more enjoyable for the members of your of your meeting to be in a more realistic environment that mimics a conference room or a lounge or something like that. So you could focus on the topic at hand. If you want to offer a out of worldly experience, then you want to add more fantasy elements. Like in alt space, for example, you can jump from rock to rock to rock <laughs> to accomplish your goal and then come back and purchase something in the marketplace. But then, you know, for the example of Walmart, which is an established brand, and has a certain aesthetic that they have to adhere to. If they're not sort of building this fantasy land, Disneyland of Walmart, then their environment, it makes more sense for their environment to be more realistic or of a digital twin, but with added features that you can't have in real, in real world, in the real world, right? So if I'm coming into a digital Walmart, I mean, I want to walk down the aisles, give me a portal to get in front of the art supply aisle or the, um, the plant aisle, right? And I'm right there and I have my selection easily in front of me and I'm clicking through it. But I think it's fine if a brand like that that has a very distinct identity mimics their experience in real life, but knowing that there are no limits in a metaverse three-dimensional space to add more gaming or fun or immersive experiences. So as I'm picking out the flower pot, Maybe there's a story about the color of the clay that the flower pot is made out of. I'm more likely going to buy that flower pot, you know? And so think about the emotional cues you can build in, the fun and experiences over and above of what you can do with your physical resources in a physical retail space. So is it an absolute? No, you don't have to have a digital twin of the experience, but I do think whichever environment you choose, it may be a pixelated sandbox environment, an animated Decentraland or hyper-realistic like Fortnite, it really should tie into that end goal experience you want to give the customer. Thank you, Nova. Uh, that was a great explanation. I, this one is now for the audience. There seems to be a glitch on Zoom where we are not able to see your comments in the chat. However, I can access the Q&A tab. So if you've put any question in the chat, please move it to the Q&A and we'll be happy to answer that. I'm going to Claire to help us answer Victor's question uh, where he wants to know about culture in the metaverse and where it'll go. Claire, can oh, you help thank you. That? So, yeah. First of all, all these questions are amazing questions and I kind of have the feeling the people asking them probably have some really interesting input themselves. But actually, if I was going to pick one, Victor's was one of the ones that I was going to pick out. Um, so culture in the metaverse and where will it go? So as everybody's talked about already, there is such a movement towards collaboration. There is such a movement towards positivity about creating a kinder, better, more ethical fashion industry and hopefully every industry in the metaverse. I think there are so many people who are really motivated to do this. And I think that's one of the reasons the Metaverse Fashion Council was created as well. And Sharad, you can probably speak more to that. But I think it's to get people on board because there are no experts in this field. Um, 
you know, everybody is finding their own journey in here. Um, and as we've talked about, it's experimenting. I hope the culture will be more positive. I very much look forward to more diverse avatars. So at Digital Fashion Week, we actually have um, somebody who we're creating avatars for people that actually represent your body type as well. Um, I, I think diversity, inclusivity are things that so many people who are involved in this world really want us to move towards. And it will take everybody who's involved to push that direction as well. Um, culture, uh, we can talk about as well, culture in terms of the arts and bringing different arts together. Uh, the intersection of fashion and music. I think we're going to be having a lot of experiences. I think it's very exciting to see how an artist, a musician, a designer can reach a much, much, much broader audience. I think there is going to be a great culture of the individual rather than, I mean, large brands are always going to have their place, of course. And we want everybody to have their place, but we also want independents and people who are experimenting to have a footing and to have a place where they can be heard, they can be seen. And I think that is a part of the culture that I would really, really like to be seen, where it, it's kind of a democratization um, or it's just a leveling of the playing field. And I do think we're move, moving towards that. And I really hope that we stay on that journey. So Victor, I hope I've answered your question. I kind of feel that you probably have a big opinion on that that would be interesting. Thank you. Thanks, Claire. Yeah, thanks, uh, Claire. Uh, Claire, I have a question for you. In terms of the digital events that you've been organizing, can you uh, give us some numbers in terms of the traction you are getting, how many people attend, how many people participate? How has it moved over the months? Some perspective on numbers? So our virtual events obviously are much bigger because we have an audience around the world. So we have limits for things. So our panel discussions, obviously, um, we're holding those in metaverse environments. So we often have a limit of 300 in the audience per event. We're working to expand that. Um, but it, things are often dependent on the sponsors and partners that we work with and just what is physically or virtually possible at the moment. Um, our in-person events, we have some really exciting locations set up and we're running in parallel with New York Fashion Week again. Um, so we're working with Skylight Studios, with the Gerber Innovation Center, with uh, VR World in New York City as well to provide different environments. So um, some events we have 7,000 people come to some it's you know for showcasing the designers work other things we have you know a, a hundred people it really depends on the size of the event um and whether it's in person or virtual but thank you for asking yeah thanks and what's the website people need to go to to participate in your events so everything is listed on digitalfashionweek.nyc 
And we have applications open still for designers, for speakers, for panelists, for photographers and videographers. So we have a lot of different categories. We have the speaker category that I mentioned that we're trying to bring in people who they don't necessarily have the expertise to be on a panel discussion, but, well, they might do, but they also, they have an opinion, they want to have a voice and they want to be heard. Um, we have the physical runway show for physical designers who are also working in the digital space in different ways. Some of them are working with the Lectra software. So purely for design purposes and others are working just all in the digital space. So we really have a big range. And what we're looking at is the digitization of the fashion industry. What okay. innovators are doing with technology that is really gonna influence the future of fashion and how we interact with fashion. So digitalfashionweek.nyc. I can put that in the... Yeah, yeah the, the, chat. the chat, I'm not sure our audience is able to receive our comments through the chat. So what we'll do is I'll just go around the room. You can just give a shout out to your URL so people can connect with you. Sunil, what's your company's URL, please? www.trace.network. Uh, Trace.network. Lauren, your website? Um, it is alterage.com and there's uh, A-L-T-E-R-R-A-G-E, two R's. Thanks, Tracy. You're on mute. Sorry about that. Aurelia Nicris, and the URL is shoptheai.com. Shoptheai.com. Nova, your URL? My URL is raindrops.io and rainmagazine.com. Perfect. And that's Amalia, <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, Claire already gave her URL out. Uh, uh, Maria, what's your URL? It's positive fibers, and fibers is uh, with ERS, not the British way, dot com. So positive fibers. Positive fibers.com. And yeah. uh, my turn. So I have two URLs. One is onlywebinars.com. Um, so keep checking that out for our forthcoming webinars. We have a busy calendar. Uh, and uh, for the members of Metaverse Fashion Council who are in the house, we'll be organizing another webinar towards end of August. So if you would like to be on the panel, you need to send me a message, uh, either through LinkedIn, email, or whichever way, and I'll be happy to include you in our next webinar on the panel. Uh, my other URL is cyber-gear.io. And that's our business where we help brands onboard to the metaverse and help them build a community. Also, I want to give a shout out to the Meta Shapers community. Uh, most of you are already part of that. It's meta-shapers.com. Uh, we are trying to grow this uh, community. So if you are in the blockchain space, AR, VR, MR, XR, what have you, join us. Uh, we also hold monthly brainstorming events. We'd love to have you uh, join us on that. And uh, recently, uh, somebody had created a list of uh, some 300, I think, top uh, active people in the Web3 space. And I know Nova is in there, and so are some of our other colleagues in Meta Shapers. 
So we are obviously doing uh, you know, the right stuff. And uh, before we close, I'm gonna go around the room, uh, give you one minute each because uh, I like to close in 60 minutes. Uh, so I give you one minute to wrap up and your comments, uh, learnings or takeaways for the audience. Let's start with Nova. Thank you so much. Thank you panelists and those that attended. Um, I know there are some questions that we didn't get to, so please connect with any of us on LinkedIn to help answer those. But I would like to say in terms of the metaverse and digital fashion, we know it's here, it's not going anywhere. We know there are many um, utility um, reasons for both. And as an innovator and creator, really think about what you're most excited about. Are you most excited about AR or is it XR? Is it, are they NFTs, is it DAOs? Um, there's so many ways you can enter this space and so many ways you can use any of those tools as an extension to what you're currently doing now. I mean, even adding AI or voice will bridge the gap between web two and web three. So the metaverse is just one aspect, but we know though, is that in the coming years, it will continue to grow and not necessarily be called the metaverse, right? It'll be just how we shop, engage and educate and entertain ourselves online. So when you're thinking about a 3D environment, Think about what you can bring to the table in 3D. And is it a story? Is it an experience? Is it an event? You know, is it a product? Is it a service? Maybe you're offering advice or education. So think about that because all possibilities are there. And as it relates to luxury and fashion, I think accessibility is one of the main things, one of the things that I'm super excited about. As an independent designer without a VC or angel investor behind me, opening a store was daunting. Opening a showroom was daunting. But hey, guess what? Now you can do that at a fraction of a fraction of the cost with incredible support from this very collaborative environment that we call Web3. So even just access as it relates to luxury or bespoke experiences is something that we can think about in this new space. I'm Nova Lorraine. You can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. And thank you so much for having me again, Sharad. Sure. Thank you, Nova. Let's go to Lauren. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Yes. Well, thank you, guys. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Um, I think I'll stick with my three points of um, when approaching this space, go digital first, incorporate 3D, um, make community-based decisions and by voting to reduce right overproduction and, and waste. Um, and then third, um, when you go physical, go circular. So I'd say those are my three um, suggestions and also happy to connect um, either collaboratively with Alterage um, or uh, personally on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me Lauren Ketcher, K-A-C-H-E-R. And I'll also be giving a uh, talk tomorrow, I think with some others here um, for the Metaverse Fashion Council Fashion Fest event, um, explaining more about how to adapt your product across the three spaces of physical, augmented and virtual. So thanks you guys. Thanks Lauren, points well taken. Let's go to Tracy. Sorry, I'm on mute again. Yeah, yes, yeah. sorry about that. Yeah, I just would like to uh, hammer in the, the, the point that I said that if you're a brand, super important to be authentic. So you've really got to let your consumer, your, your demographics know that you're in here, not just as a money grab, even though it could be, but you just want to kind of gloss over that with some sort of authenticity with your brand that it's going to resonate with your, with your demographics. Because if it doesn't, they're going to respond to that by not buying your product. So just be real and, and and find that sweet spot. So you're gonna to have to keep on try, trial and error. So, and budget your money in the right place because 
times are changing. So economics, you have to rethink the economics of where you're gonna spend your money in the metaverse and keep meeting new people, keep exploring, keep making these uh, collaborations, uh, keep uh, you know meeting people. So this is really super important. And like Lauren, I will be speaking tomorrow. Uh, I think I'm uh, speaking tomorrow at six o'clock New York time. And my topic is return on investment in the metaverse, how to help brands overcome challenges in the virtual space. Thanks very much, everyone. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Claire. Oh, thank you. So <laughs> there's so much to say. Um, I really second what everybody has said already. I think very much stay active, keep educating yourself, just learn and learn and learn as much as you can. Take baby steps. You can't do everything right off the bat. Look at what is possible, what is reasonable, what is achievable, and take those steps towards that. You may not be the best at the moment, but you might be the best down the line. I see a lot of designers really evolving very much. Collaborations are the future. So work with other people, build your network, be kind, be curious, and just keep going. Follow, follow your passion and work hard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, let's go to Sunil and we'll give uh, Maria the last word. Sunil, closing thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a great opportunity, generally speaking, for anybody to accept these kind of new concepts and have the possibilities of uh, shopping experiences of physical world combine the convenience of e-commerce and utilizing digital and physical side interoperability. So that these are the new areas on which you should uh, try upon. These are all achievable in fraction of the cost which you have been achieving earlier. Metaverse gives that opportunity. Grab that. That's what I would say to the fashion world. Perfect. Maria, your closing thoughts. No pressure. I don't know what else to add. This is so amazing. And I feel like, a, you know, I feel like an invader in this panel. Um, yeah, I mean, from my point of view, what I always say, garbage in is garbage out. So rethink what you put into the metaverse um, and think of like, how do we achieve collective prosperity? How, yeah, like for, um, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like how can we really achieve a future that is inclusive for luxuries, not just for the happy few, but actually... Um, yeah, I think we should rethink what luxury is, right? And how can we, um, you know, not to sound too much granola, but like really make the world a better place. Absolutely. Uh, that's a great thought, uh, uh, you know, how we can make the world a better place. And if I may have the last word in terms of uh, closing this webinar, I want to thank uh, our audience for investing their 60 plus minutes with us. There will be a recording and a podcast available tomorrow. So those who missed out can still catch up. I request our audience to share the, uh, you know, the recording with their friends, with their community members, with their families, because we want to, you know, educate as many people as we can. That's uh, uh, something that we try and do uh, in only webinars almost every day. And I want to thank all my panelists for creating some amazing content, sharing their views, their experiences. And uh, I would love to have all of you back uh, another time on another panel. And uh, yeah, so uh, finally, finally, I want to close with this. I mean, I'm asked all the time, what is your definition of metaverse, right? There is no right or wrong. And uh, I leave the audience with uh, this thought. 
metaverse can be whatever you want it to be. Think about that. And I'll see you guys on the other side. So bye for now. Thank you, panelists. And thank, thank you, audience. You. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shara. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.